In this podcast series from Urban and Civic, we take a trip into Cambridgeshire to introduce Wintringham and find out why it's going to be such a vibrant place to live, work and call home. We'll uncover the secrets of previous residents that have been buried for millennia. Find out what species are going to be welcomed back to their new wildlife havens and learn how smart planning creates a sustainable community that's fit for the future. In this episode, we take a look at the ecology and landscape of Wintringham. We'll go on a nature walk through the site as it is now to discover what wildlife it's home to. Bullfinches, males, absolutely stunning. Black, grey and bright red breast, absolutely stunning. And hear from our experts about what's being done to not only protect those species, but create an exciting new ecosystem where people and wildlife can thrive. Something we're very keen to do with this part of the site is um, retain some of the key areas, get some good management in, because we're starting to see some of the scrub coming in a bit too dense in places, so it's good to, to clear that back, create some more open areas, but also keep scattered areas of scrub for the, the nesting birds particularly, but also to create some nice sort of shelter glades for the, the butterflies and the invertebrates. Wintringham sits in a unique location. Surrounded by countryside and part of the river Great Ouse Valley, with the ancient fens to the north, all providing areas of diverse wildlife habitat. For the new residents there, nature will be even closer, with wooded areas, parks and open green spaces, all interconnected by landscape cycleways and footpaths. There'll even be apples or plums to pick on the way to work or school. Running right through the Wintringham site, east to west, are two brooks, Henbrook and Wintringham Brook feeding channels for the Great Ooze to the west and connecting the open countryside to the east. They would have once been home to a variety of species, but a tanglement of woody, dense scrub and even the odd shopping trolley have unfortunately reduced them to more of a trickle in places. A huge part of the Wintringham master plan is to celebrate these brooks, open them up and transform them back into the thriving ecosystems they once were, welcoming back the likes of otters, kingfishers and water voles. James Patmore of Landscape Architects Bradley Murphy Design and Martin Baker of the Wildlife Trust, two of the ecology experts that Urban and Civic work with to help shape and enhance green spaces and preserve the existing habitats. One of the areas, close to the brooks, popular with dog walkers, is what's locally known as the railway field. This is the area called the uh, railway field. So quite a few different flowers, flowering plants scattered scrub and we're seeing lots of butterflies around us mostly common species like meadow brown um, ringlet a few skippers we did have marbled white earlier on but i don't know where that one's gone many of those species the caterpillars will be feeding on the grasses here but as well as the grasses we've got an array of wildflowers we've got the purple knapweeds to our left yellow cross-leaf flowers of st john's wort fleabane which sort of indicates wetter ground so it's a good mix of dry species wet species a good habitat for birds and for invertebrates so there's everything they need food shelter breeding habitats nesting sites and it's habitats like these that with the help of james and martin can be protected and enhanced as the site gets developed so we've been involved in designing some of the landscape areas so the proposed planting uh, proposed wildflower meadows looking at how we can enhance the sub features so with that, we get some very large corridors either side of these, these brook features, which are a fantastic opportunity 
for people <laughs> and wildlife. <laughs> Whereas developers of the past might have concealed brooks underground or fenced them off, smart planning allows features like these to be opened up so even more people can enjoy them. So we're standing here now in the Henbrook and we can see that it's relatively under-managed at the moment. Some debris in the, the corridor, relatively low flow, um, but still quite a wide corridor holding water, which is something we can work with. Um, looking at sort of pulling back some of the scrub from the edges to improve the, the margins of the brooks, but also thinking further out from the brook as well in areas where we can create wetland features that will hold and attenuate water and slow down the flow of water across the site and can also then provide sort of standing water for you know, key species like dragonflies, amphibians, uh, nesting birds. So we are really looking to create a mosaic of habitats through these, these brook corridors. And that means greater biodiversity, which is what Urban and Civic are aiming for. It's what's known in ecology terms as a biodiversity net gain, essentially ensuring that there's a more diverse range of habitats for wildlife after a development than there is before. So some of the key birds we have in this area are the willow warbler, whitethroat, green woodpecker and wren. Because biodiversity is one of the key ecosystem services we call it which um, you know undermines the the things we take for granted so you know fresh air clean water uh, pollinators all those kind of key things that manage the environment further on as we go up we're going to walk past an array of orchids there's hundreds of pyramidal orchids in here a few bee orchids which really do look a bit like a bee if you look at them cunningly designed attracts pollinators and also sometimes there's a few common spotted orchids as well. So this is one of the areas that you want to retain. You work with nature, work with what you've got. This can form part of the green spaces rather than having to sow and plant everything from scratch. Right. <laughs> keep, keep it going. We've got something great to work here with. It's very lucky to have this, uh, not having to start from scratch. As a conservation manager at the Wildlife Trust, Martin understands which species like the orchids need special protection, which habitats can be incorporated into the designs for Wintringham and what opportunities there are for new species to return. So yeah, so this railway field here, it's really quite special. I mean, as mentioned, some of the plants we've got, the Napwees, the Grimnies, the St John's Wort, these are all plants indicative of ancient meadows, of old meadows. Plants like the orchids, again, likewise, they're sort of indicative of long-standing meadows. The challenge with orchids is they also need a special type of fungus associated with their root, and most orchids have their own particular fungus that they like. So even though you can get all the other wildflowers to grow, <laughs> you won't necessarily get the orchids to grow. So... It's why it's so important to keep them where they are because nature is just this tangled web. It's like little things make all the difference. I'm really quite excited about the brooks as well. Get more light back into them, get more flow, um, make sure that the channel is perhaps more sinuous and more natural, provide more space for plants. Those plants provide the food for invertebrates. You're going to get the dragonflies hunting over there hopefully get water voles come back from the, the other side of the um, A428. They'll be in some of the farmland ditches upstream. They've suffered a 94% decline since the 1960s, 1970s, probably the fastest decline in mammal in Britain. But here, if we get the habitat right, the water voles can come back and start colonising. And we've seen that in other parts of the county, for example, around Cambridge, Water voles have returned from their sort of sometimes in small ditches in bits of farmland or in, even in industrial estates or, or the science park, and they've actually 
worked their way back down the drains, which have been improved by the city council, into the into the river Cam. They're back on the main river. So I think our vision here should be to get the waterfalls back into Wintering Brook. Hopefully they'll get back on the main river soon and this will be a staging post. Other species I would expect to see come back along the brooks, kingfisher. They'll be feeding along here on some of the small fish now and then, but as you see, it's pretty tangled. And yes, they can fly through there, but providing nesting spaces for them in some of the banks. And yeah, give people that chance to see nature. Having these new habitats on the doorstep is going to be especially exciting for the pupils at the first new Wintering and Primary School, who have already been busy learning as part of the neighbouring Roundhouse Primary, as a forest school with a unique design incorporating a woodland courtyard at its centre, nature is going to play a big part. OK, Winchingham. When you're bird watching, what do you think we need to do? Look carefully. And what else might we need to do? Getting outside of the classroom and experiencing their local ecosystems has huge benefits both for learning and personal development. And you know how we can find some bugs on the trees is shake them off onto paper. Or come here and I'll just peel a bit of bark back. Stacey Roberts is the school's inclusion manager. It's about making the children appreciate the environment they've got around them, using those spaces so they're not indoors, you know, playing computer games and focusing then some of those skills that we're giving them to take them outside into their daily life, into their um, adolescence and adulthood beyond that and hopefully installing within that the sort of self-esteem, the confidence, knowing um, how to appreciate what they've got around them and um, it's just a, a slightly different branch to their the learning of their core subjects, their maths and their English and their science. This gives them a whole new dimension to that. Of course, creating natural habitats for wildlife to return to takes time. And so it's planning how these green spaces will be cared for and managing into the future that's key. The long-term management is looking at yeah, rotational cuts, vegetation piles with the with the arisings as well for for reptiles and invertebrates so little compost heaps in corners amongst the scrub uh, and then a managed mosaic of grass and scrub gives us the diversity of habitat types that support a range of species a big site like this that's the really exciting thing for us is being able to work somewhere where wildlife isn't going to be damaged and destroyed if it was we'd be objecting to it but urban and civic working with the grain of nature here provide space for those animals that can thrive alongside humans for example providing hedgehog highways hedgehogs have declined by two-thirds since 1995 that is shocking they're still considered common but that is early warning signs we need to do more house sparrows and starlings live alongside humans perfectly well both have declined by over 70 percent since the 1970s these these are birds that we just think well they're everywhere but they're not as everywhere as when i was a kid it's not too late to do something about it. We design places right, whether it's the countryside and farming or whether it's urban extensions and new, and new towns and new villages. We can make space for those species and we can help the numbers to increase. And with that, good design can make somewhere that is not just rich for wildlife, but actually there's sound, there's colour, there's sights and, and smells for people who live here. It makes it a more vibrant place, a more attractive place for those who are going to live here and work here. 
Not only are these green spaces designed to attract wildlife back to the area, they also help with drainage, create a unique layout and make up a network of walkways and cycle paths carefully planned to provide sustainable routes for Wintringham residents to get around. It's often the case that landscaping is the part of a new development that's left until the end. But for Urban and Civic, things work differently. As Director of Project Management, Richard Hepworth explains. What we attempt to do, create those cycleways, those walkways, the landscaped avenues, uh, the green spaces, the access to blue spaces, as from day one in our, in our developments. Because, you know, why should people buying the first house not have the same facilities and the connection to the environment that people buying the 100th house would. It's all about creating a sense of place for those new residents. Here's the head of master planning and design for Wintringham, Paul Cutler. When they walk through the door, when they have their set of keys, they have actually a place where they can walk their dog, uh, take their children, go for a walk as a couple or whatever. It's uh, very much an aspirational place to live rather than uh, something that you buy a house and you're sort of landlocked between construction and a little bit of grass and a little bit of road that's not quite finished yet. Integrating footpaths, cycleways or just leisure routes uh, that are um, part of the landscape design means that the landscape gets used. It creates a sense of pride with the development uh, and people will, will look after it and respect it and, more importantly, use it. By working closely with ecology experts like Martin and James, we're able to build new communities that are in harmony with the existing ecosystem with careful, smart and considerate planning. Not only can biodiversity be enhanced, but a more sustainable environment that promotes health and well-being can be created. With the Wildlife Trust, we've been involved in two major developments in, in Cambridgeshire thus far. Firstly, Camborne. There, there's over 50% green space and people and the green spaces are interwoven amongst the houses and everyone has access to them pretty close to their doorstep. At Trompton Meadows, we've created 50 hectares of new wildflower meadow. Absolutely, looks absolutely stunning. People are using it, walking it, kids are playing. People go for a ride the bike, people commute through it. Not only that, we've put in um, swift boxes and, and bat boxes and other things to encourage those species. And already in year two, swifts are using them. And that's exactly why we've partnered with the Wildlife Trust at Wintringham. Looking ahead, that's what we're doing now. The good bits are being retained, as we've and James and I have already described, but it's not just about the green parks and green spaces. We're going to include those urban wildlife features, says whether it's for pollinating plants, for bumblebees and other insects, whether it's hedgehog highways, whether it's nesting places for house sparrows, starlings or swifts. We can provide all of that and give people nature back in their lives on their doorsteps. A wilder future for us all. Check out the rest of the episodes in this series to find out more about Wintringham. You can subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up for news at wintringham.org to keep informed on facilities coming forward, new homes and community events from tree planting to archaeology open days. Music